Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 57th episode of the AVP Galaxy podcast. I am Ridgetop. Joining me today is your administrator and co-host, Corporal Hicks. Hey, guys. And with us today is John Ivan, uh, also known as Blade Ghost Online. John, welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi. John has been modding for quite some time, and, and I've kind of wanted to have him on here for a while to discuss mods he's done for doom 3 as well as the original alien versus predator you know one of the reasons this website was started was because the games and that's always been a huge factor for for me personally and i know you as well hicks for the fandom and we really haven't had a lot of games for a while so it's kind of prompted me to go back and and see some of the fan mods that have have been created for alien and predator and there's been some really intricate and passionate stuff and i've been really impressed with with the works that John has done. So I kind of wanted to just have him on here and, and talk about his works and we could discuss modding in general, as well as just some of the game side of things. So again, thanks so much for, for joining us, John. And before we get into our questions, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with mod development. Yeah. Hi, glad to be here. Uh, Okay, well, initially, you know, I fancied building plastic model kits when I was young and continually built near almost every kind that was on the shelf. You know, they're from cars, airplanes, spaceships, submarines, and things like that. You know, mostly being what got me creative was building these models, and because I wanted real things to play with. <laughs> I wanted, you know, fake plastic airplanes and things. I wanted detail. I wanted to see rivets and things like that. So that really got me into detail and things like that. Uh, modding for games. You know, came later on when uh, I got into the digital thing with uh, when I got my first computer. But really what got me into it was uh, the Atari Jaguar. And that's what got me into games initially, really. But from there, you know, it really got me a whole, um, how can I describe this? I really had a passion for it because it really, really got my attention. So that's what kind of got me hooked and kept me at it for after all these years. Yeah, a- AVP on the Jaguar, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, way back in the day, I've still been trying to to find a way to play that one. Yeah, the the uh, the ROM's not massively great, is it? For that, not the one that I've found. No, not very stable, from what I know. It's it's my one of my holy grail items. Getting a Jag and getting the original cartridge. Every time I'm at a convention or um, you know, one of those events with all the stalls and stuff, I always keep my eye out for one. Mm-hmm. I still have mine. Lucky bastard. I still have the cartridge, but I don't have the console. <laughs> well, I think the consoles, from what I've seen on eBay, the consoles are. A great deal cheaper than the actual cartridges for the games. You know, I've seen the box stuff go for hundreds. Probably. No, I haven't looked, so I have I have no idea because I haven't really looked for one. I've been mostly staying on the PC and uh, working with that, you know, with uh, Photoshop and 3D Max and things like that, building mods and playing games, of course, on top of that. We've made it a little bit of a custom on our podcasts that when we have a, you know, a guest on, we just like to hear a bit of backstory about their involvement with, with the franchises, you know, when they first... Um, when they first got exposed to uh, the creatures to the to the films, so can you remember the first time you ever experienced um, the alien or, or the predator? Oh yes, of course. Uh, the first alien in the film had a, you know quite an impact, and also did H.R. Uh, Geiger's artwork. <clears throat> also later, you know, the first Predator film as well. Personal favorite, I'd say the first Predator film, and that would be one of the top picks, and then Alien. Okay. But the movies were pretty good, you know. What about what about your first Alien or Predator game? Uh, was it just the AVP on the Jag, or did you ever play any of the, the older ones? Yeah. Okay. There was, like, uh, arcade games like that, I, I'm pretty sure. Played them as an emulator, uh, like, um, what's that emulator called? Well, I don't remember what it's called, but there was a couple arcade games where you just, there were, like, side-scrollers mm. and things like that, where you're just shooting all these things that keep coming at you, and then you kind of go sideways, sideways, sideways. You know, yeah. 2D s- scroller, whatever they call them. Yeah, I think Konami put yeah. out a few of them, didn't they? For uh, Konami, they did, they did Aliens, and then Capcom did Aliens vs. Predator, and I think th- those ROMs are... Pretty good, You yeah. can find them online, yeah. I think... For anybody listening, or for John, if you want to play the old, uh, more of the old ones as well, I think we've got an absolute ton um, on the website somewhere, um, a, a ROM pack somewhere. Oh, I'll look for them. I'll try and find a link to uh, include with the news post for this podcast, actually, for anybody listening. That'd be great. Before you started modding Doom 3, you had some history creating mods for the original AVP from Rebellion. Well, you, can't, you can't say the original anymore. It's, it's AVP Classic. Got to remember oh, the Jag. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 
classic <laughs> 2000. I'm sorry. <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit about how development of that came about? Oh, this is what got me started on making custom content and computer art. You know, when the game originally came out, I kind of needed a computer to play it. And so I convinced my dad to help me get a computer to learn computing. You know, he didn't know, need to know that I play AVP on it. But, you know, 1700 bucks later, I got a Pentium 3 450. And <laughs> I was oh, so man. excited. I was so excited when I got that. But I looked at, you know, the bio screen and thought, okay, what can I do with this that, you know, consoles can't? And then my friend tells me that I needed an operating system. I said, what's that? And then later I got Windows 98, and, you know, since AVP needed a Pentium 2 to run, you know, I felt this will do. You know, AVP is an amazing achievement. You know, at the time, it had mPlayer with voice chat, and there was a few tools released by some independent developers to work with, like, you know, for changing textures and sounds and, you know, ScreenMed, Texture Infector. You know, it's client-side only, you know, not like a Half-Life did, where you can actually see the other person's work. So I learned that later. And, you know, and then there was LEDworks level editing and, uh but, you know, there still wasn't really a way to build and make new levels or environments with it, you know. But that's where 3D Max came in, and that was needed uh, to work with. And, you know, that was quite a bit of a learning curve. But once I got the hang of it, you know, I was able to make things with it. And, uh, you know, I was able to progress with it and uh, made some good, cool stuff. Things like you can't do traditionally with a paintbrush or an airbrush and things like that. You know, I wanted something interactive to where you could actually do something with it instead of just watch it and or listen to it things like that but yeah no the first avp game really got me uh interested in modding as well because i wanted to do something with it not just necessarily just play it mm-hmm. what kind of stuff did you did you do for classic then um do you remember any of the the mods or anything that you did for it well the first thing was skinning uh we did skins and things like that and i don't know if i popularized it or not because i got everybody into doing it you know saying well you can change the textures on your soldiers or this and that and you know using this program and such and you know can't kind of popular and people were doing into skinning and i guess that's where the term skinning came from <laughs> in a way and then after that you know i did build some custom levels for it once i got the tools that were needed for it uh this yeah. wasn't until later uh when the fox uh distributed the official tools for modding for avp and uh you know that made things a lot more easier because uh, the old Ledworks level editor just complete everything and, and everything was a bit unstable and you know it's a lot to learn and there's a lot of trial and error so try this try that this works this doesn't just keep trying at it keep at it and you'll get something out of it eventually and that's how it all came about yeah it's a shame it seems like less games these days come with modding in mind from from the developer side of things like you, you used to see that a lot more back in the day before gaming had become so mainstream a lot more catering towards modding I bet a lot of that was the shift over onto consoles though i mean i knew the new doom ad snap map was it was that what they called it yeah i mean they essentially with snap map they they just gave you all the tools but i don't know if you could really categorize it that as modding because well, mod, modding light maybe yeah yeah I mean, you can't really add custom content to that like say you make your own mountain or things like that you have to use what's available and i think that's kind of limited yeah uh, don't get me wrong people have done some really impressive levels in doom the new doom snap map that i've i've enjoyed but yeah it, it definitely feels i mean compared to like the total conversion mods that you've done it it is quite limited hmm. i haven't tried it myself yet so i don't really know but i'm aware of some of it definitely recommend it the the new doom i thought was i mean doom 3 will always be my personal favorite just because i love you know the dark survival horror vibe of it but no the new the new Doom was was awesome and totally worth playing, in my opinion. But my first experience with with your mods personally was with the Event Horizon mod. I remember thinking how well the movie fit with the world of Doom Three before I even knew of your mod. Okay. Uh, so can you give us a summary of how that idea came about for you and and what the process for that was like? Well, this came back again to the first Aliens vs Predator, and when I was working with the mods for that. I thought it was kind of limited, only using 256 colors and, you know, 128 by 128 textures and very, very small little poly count. Like, you can only, can't, can't go past a thousand polygons. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of limited. So I thought I'd try Doom 3 and use the tools for that. I couldn't understand it for a life of me for a year. And then one day it hit me. I said, hey, okay, this makes sense. This is how this works. This is how this works and such. And I was able to, to develop that for a year and I kept testing and testing, testing, testing you know, all the limits of how many polygons I can push, <laughs> really, from doing that. Uh, I did see one mod from Star Trek uh, Star Trek Elite Force, was it? Oh, uh, yeah. Where they had, uh, they had uh, 
Stargate. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the Stargate, and they had so many polygons on that Stargate that I was, you know, really pushing the limits of uh, the engine and, you know, rendering and you know, frame rate and everything. And I thought, okay, this is EdTech 3. I says, if this can do that many polygons, maybe I can push a few more and, you know, get a little more detail in there. And then later when uh, bump mapping and specular highlights came into play, like, I was in heaven. I thought, this is great stuff. You know, you got hard shadows and you got fine detail and, okay, maybe I can do something with this, you know, creatively. Because uh, I like, you know, doing custom content. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world to copy something. But, you know, to come up with something original, you know, it takes a little more effort. So, but that's what got me into Doom 3. It was uh, ju- taking a leap from the first Aliens vs. Predator. You know, limited modding capabilities in there because I was, you know, using uh, light textures and limited polygons to a little more elaborate pro- platform. If you. So that's what kind of got me into that was the tools. Yeah, and it was really cool, especially with the Event Horizon mod, how you kind of wove the, the narrative of the film in there with voice clips from the film and, and animated cutscenes and stuff like that. A lot of people, when they build mods, they'll they'll just completely overlook that. They'll just have, oh, here's a level you go through based on this. But the, the focus on narrative, really with mm-hmm. all your mods, has, has been something that's really impressed me. Mm-hmm. So like when doing when I'm doing a movie mod or something like that, you know, there is a story to follow and things like that. I mean, there is a little bit of artistic creativity or uh, freedom, if you will, where you can take liberties and make your own things and kind of put a twist or a spin on things to where you can make it a little more interesting or more interactive, even you know, visually stunning, if you will, or instead of just, you know, bland textures and things like that. But when I'm following a movie plot or story and things like that, you know, there is um, guidelines to follow, if you will. And, okay, well, Joe jumps over here over this rock and this, that, and this guy hits his head and such like that. Well, you could have, you know, this guy fall out the window and this one, you know, jump on an airplane or something like that. But movie mods in general, again, that's the thing about copying and being original, too. I mean, you've already got a set of things that are already pre-made so you kind of, you kind of got a guideline to follow when say okay well this character looks like this and these guns look like this and things like that so it helps to be totally original i mean that you know we're talking about a whole different kind of soup here but uh yeah movie mods i like them because uh some of them can be really interesting and the subject matter is really fascinating at times especially with alien and predator in terms of you know the the doom uh, 3 engine the id uh, id tech 4 mm-hmm. it's surprising how effective the stuff in there has been in how authentically you can recreate those environments from that film those films and it's not just alien it's not just predator it's not just event horizon you've you've got all the stuff on there as well aren't you playing with stargate at the minute yeah you can build almost anything with it and i think you know all the everything you need is in the game really because you got you know your weapons you've got your enemies you've got your environment you got your sound you know visuals and you've got progressions and things like that there are some things that would be nice to add but that takes a little bit of programming and some things work some things don't work like with doom 3 you can only have at most 15 weapons instead of like 30 unfortunately but you know there are limitations to every engine and <clears throat> you can only do so much with each one but you, you found this one to be uh, pretty versatile for what you want it to do. For what I can do with it, yes. I mean, I've tried other engines and things like, you know, Unity and Unreal and all that. You know, some of it can do this, some of it can do that. I tried recreating, what do you call it, the Prometheus ship? No, the Space Jockey. I tried recreating that in Unreal, and I just could not get the same effect that I could in Doom 3. So I said, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to even bother to try. So, you know, it's live and learn. Now, in, in terms of, you know, in terms of the asset, um, I've recognized a few of the models from other games and others you've created yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a bit of an idea as to how you go about acquiring assets for your mod and uh, for your mods and transferring them into the ID Tech engine? Is is that is that hard work? Sure, sure. Um, some of them are already made. You know, you can find a lot of things on the internet that are for free, like free models and things like that. There was one site, but now they're charging for models, which just doesn't surprise me. But even still, I have to convert them. Uh, I have to rebuild them sometimes just so that they work. You know, a lot of things that just don't exist, I have to make myself because they simply just don't exist. So I got to build them from scratch, and then uh, that's all I get to put together. Yeah, your um, your Prometheus mod really blew me away personally. I think that was the the second one that I had really gotten wow. into. I mean, not only did you recreate the environments and really intricate detail but you included a lot of the deleted scenes and extended scenes from the film uh i was curious though what did you think about prometheus as a movie and uh, like did you enjoy it were you disappointed by it 
And after having seen it, you've already alluded to this a bit already, but but what was the process of, of that whole mod creation like? Well, when I first started out, I started out as, as, as an experiment with the, the head, the head statue in the in the uh, ampill room. And I said, okay, and uh, as, as an experiment, I thought, okay, can I make this? He said, okay, well, I'll try this. Okay, this works, this works. And that was probably my first video that I put out on YouTube on uh, the progression of the whole mod. And then I thought, okay, you know what happens here? You start a little bit, and then you got to do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you clean a spot, and then you got to clean the whole table kind of thing. So that kind of happened with uh, the headroom. And I thought, okay, I'll take it from there, and I'll see if I can make the chambers and this and that. And then I wound up making the whole movie. But my approach to that was... You know, with the, all the deleted scenes and everything like that, I wanted to tell a whole complete story. So I tried to put all that into it. And uh, a lot of it, you know, I used a lot of cut scenes and things like that. That I did get carried away with because it was so much fun. And <laughs> it was a blast. I had a great time building it. You know, I was just sad when it got finished and it was over with. But that, that was the approach that I took with it was, uh, you know, because I wanted to tell a complete story. Because parts of it were missing with all the deleted scenes. I like the movie because it's science fiction. And it's also like a beginning of Alien, sort of like uh, you know, every story has a beginning. And uh, for that, I thought that was great. That was fine. And then uh, I just got into all the details, you know, I did a lot of research on it and uh, went all over the, anything I could find, you know, as far as references go. You know, like what colors, uh, the bottom of their shoes and boots and things like that. And oh, I left no stone unturned. I looked at everything. So I've tried to put all that together and... Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I couldn't do as well. Like, I would like to have the characters, you know, with lip sync and all that so they can talk. But there's some things I can't do by myself because I can't do everything. But for what I did with it, you know, it is what it is. You know, I tried to get it out there best I could. I almost burned me out, too, building the thing because I put so much time and effort into it. And uh, But it was a labor of love. But as far as the movie goes, you know, it's alien, it's science fiction. I love it. Yeah, I really appreciated your attention to detail. Like, I... One of the things I noticed was one of the weapons your character has is like the uh, it was used on the Prometheus Wayland viral site. It was that uh, funky looking um, pulse rifle with the long barrel and the scope. That was um, suggested to me, actually. Oh, yeah. I had no idea it even existed until someone showed me this picture of it and says, hey, what about you know, a pulse rifle with this long barrel on it? I said, oh, okay, I'll try to get it in there. So I got it in there, and it seems to work all right. Yeah, and I, I got to confess that personally I wasn't the biggest fan of Prometheus, and I remember not too, like, I guess it was about a year or so. I'm not sure. How long after the film did your was your mod finished? 11 about months. a year, right? Yeah. So a little over a year after Prometheus, I remember um, – when I was just exploring the ship, uh, the scene with the, the basketball court and they were having the briefing with Wayland coming in and the hologram and all that, I was just throwing around the basketball. And uh, to my surprise and amusement, the the characters, when the basketball hit them, it just blew them apart. In the <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing for a good minute there. It kind of helped me vent my frustration at the movie. So I'm, I'm going to take a guess that that wasn't exactly intentional. No, <laughs> it wasn't. But that basketball is kind of a pain to create because of the physics involved. You know, it had to have collision and uh, gravity and everything like that. But no, that was not intentional. But I'm glad you had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh, speaking of fun, you know you you put you put a year into this stuff. At the end of it, do you ever do you ever go through them yourself just for the enjoyment of it after you finish working on the mods? Or has, has it been so much work that it's just hard for you to go through them as as leisure for yourself? Well, each project that I do make, I try to set aside a year for it. I've got to put in a good amount of effort into it, or else it's just you know just one room little tiny thing wow hey ma look what i could do i can make this gun shoot you know no we want to see the forest we want to see the trucks we want to see airplanes we want to see everything you know so i take about a year to make all that and uh you know it takes time to put all this stuff together you know it takes planning like i feel like any game that lasts more than two days is a good game so i want to make my mods last more than two days if i can you know just to get some enjoyment out of it but as far as you know do i um still enjoy them after i finish them Sometimes it's more fun to make them, but I also like playing them too because I am an avid gamer and I do like to play games, you know, other games as well as the ones that I've made as well because I like to retest them as well and see if, you know, this works, that works. Could I have changed this a little better? Could I have moved this over here? Uh, how does this feel? How does it sound? And, but after a period of time, though, but not right away, 
kind of thing. It's more like, you know, I'll give it some time and I'll revisit it. And then it's a little more fresh, more like a fresher experience for me. And yeah, I can get back to it and I can appreciate it more. Yeah, and it was kind of a quirky random bits that that i really like the most like you said when you're making a movie mod there is a, a basic structure you're following but but there were a lot of extra bits that that you did throw in like the predator showing up at sean holloway's dig site <laughs> um man that would have been fun in the movie but i got the sense that you wanted to have some some fun with the recreations oh absolutely i wanted i you know i had the predator model built for i guess another mod and everything i thought okay i wanted to see if this would work with this and uh just introduce it and just change things up a bit, you know, instead of just, oh, so you know, boring, boring, boring. No, let's get some excitement in there. Let's throw a predator in there. That'll shake things up. <laughs> <laughs> it surprised me. Yeah, but yeah, I had fun doing that. Everyone's just sitting around the campfire while you're fighting your predator. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's the sound effect that really got everybody's attention because, you know, when that laser came on, it was like, yeah, yeah, that was when I was like, what That'll... the fuck's happening here? <laughs> got blasted. I was like, ah. That's, a, that's another thing too is sound, you know, because like I have to create all my sounds and everything. And uh, like, like first, the first AVP was so atmospheric, you know, with the with the sounds and everything, you know, to make uh, all the sounds for the Doom Three mods and everything too. You know, I've got to do sound editing on top of that as well. So you know, I'm doing textures, modeling, animation, scripting, uh, lighting, levels, everything. Mm. And it's look, it is. It's a lot of work, but sound is a very important aspect of a lot of things. So that's another art as well. And it must be quite a task to match all these complex environments and their layouts. You know, how do you go about balancing level design while also matching the locations you're trying to recreate? You know, is there a lot of research that goes into the source material involved in creating the environments? And then you've got to think about the game play aspect of it. Oh, absolutely. Research is very, very important, you know, and uh, balance. It's kind of I kind of go on feel, you know, how does it feel? And if it feels good. It looks good. I'll go with it. But research is very, very important, and testing as well. Like uh, reference material, like what color is their spacesuit? Color of the walls? Uh, is there smoke here? Is there fire here? Every little, you know, nuance of detail is, you know, looked into and seen if it can be implemented and added, if you will. Because some things work and some things don't. But research is very, very important as far as that goes. And yeah. I can't say enough about it. Testing and research is very, very important in any project. And your uh, your newest uh, Alien and Predator-related mod release, Blade Yacha, that, that's also been really impressive for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. kinda, it has the format of you're on this mothership as your hub and traveling to different worlds and scenarios, some of them based off you know, locations we're familiar with in the movies. Um, it really seemed to me like the ideal kind of Predator game that we have yet to see officially released so how has the the history of the development gone with with that one well one day i just said why not make a predator game mod you know after playing tons of other games this is a project i wasn't sure how to get this one going uh yet i did find a find a way to make it work you know taking everything into consideration of all that has been made of the predator universe you know i did want to see it you know see what i could do with it whether this was feasible or not because it's a Doom 3 engine, you know, you got a you know, guy shooting around with shotguns and pistols. And how am I going to put Predator weapons in here, you know, and get the laser sights going and all that? And I thought it was a bit of a challenge, you know, to make it all come together. Because there's, you know, a lot of things to consider and, you know, what was possible using Good Tech 4 and what would, what would not work. You know, because I'm not a programmer, I'm sure things would be different if I had programming help, you know, to make things work better. But again, you know, with the limitations I did, you know, I did what I could with it and everything. You know, most of it got built in bits and pieces, you know, with the option for expansion. That's kind of how most of all of it was put together. Uh, and again, you know, many things had to be built, like animations and foliage, because, you know, there's no trees in Doom 3. So I had to build everything from scratch. And, uh, you know, because, you know, there's potential for many different scenarios, you know, to continue with DLC slots and things, that was made available for, you know, mine or anybody else's add-ons, if you will, because the whole thing is fully moddable. You know, in general, the first AVP inspired, you know, to have it all different with no real set story, you know, just a set of adventures. And that's kind of how I took that project. You know, just nothing specific without following a simple guideline. Just one story here, you know, one adventure over here, you know, go here and then try this and try that. So it was pretty much all in, in the air. It's, it's a collection of a smorgasbord of adventures, if you will. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, and I remember there was one... Uh, highlight for me your first uh, bonus level I that well, DLC 
level that you added mm-hmm. was um it was it was kind of a recreation of the first predator level on rebellions evp for pc but what was that called uh Aaron, was that Area 52, right? Oh, yeah, 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 Area 52. Yeah. It's called Waterfall. Oh, Waterfall. <laughs> oh, was yeah. Area 52 mm-hmm. the second? It, yeah, it, the whole area was Area 50, though, weren't it? It's connected. Yeah. It does get yeah. connected. With the Predator ship in the base. Yeah, and that was that was the moment I thought was um, pretty awesome, was, was you go into that hangar, and at first I just saw, like, this, you know, kind of Roswell-ish flying saucer. And my first thought was, like, oh, he was <laughs> he was being lazy. He didn't want to recreate the Predator ship. But then all these Roswell aliens showed up and started attacking <laughs> me. And I was like, oh, my God. And then the next hangar opens, and there's the Predator ship. So I thought yes. that part was pretty awesome. <laughs> Those little alien guys, wow. And, and you're totally right as well, Ridgetop. You know, um, that is the kind of open world game that that predator's begging for i mean how awesome would it be to have a game where you're traveling around in your own mothership and you're going off on random side hunts and stuff like that you know very sort of open open universe kind of elements to it that'd be amazing i say non-linear is what it's called Mm. you know if it's linear you're following a straight line and you got to do this got to do that and okay you reach the finish line you're done okay time to go eat dinner no you can go (laughs) some games I need to have that variation to where, you know, you want to look in this room, you go over here. Do you want to go over there to the next street? You want to go back in the garage? You know, it's it's choices, you know, that really make up everything that makes it interesting. Yeah, kind of like a a semi-open world, I guess you might say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. One of the levels I was also really impressed with was the Antarctica level and your recreation of the pyramid from the first AVP film. That as well was just really accurate. Uh, it kind of reminded me of another AVP2 mod that I played way back in the day called <laughs> Under the Hunter's Moon, and it was punishingly difficult, but I had a lot of fun with it. I understand you actually contributed to that one as well as the Open Pyramid Project around the same time. Is that right? I did. I did. I worked with a fellow named Windebeast. I guess he was from Australia or something like that, and he created Under the Hunter's Moon using the Lithtech engine. I tried Lithtech, and... It had, you know, its features and things like that, but I just really couldn't get into it. But he did an amazing, incredible job with it. I thought it was fantastic. But yes, I did build some uh, models and statues and some textures, and I did build the pyramid for that project. How he got it into the game, I have no idea, because uh, <laughs> there's a different format for the files that the game follows and uses. It was called uh, .abc or something like that, and, you know, no tools, no plugins. How are you going to make this stuff? And uh, the tools that they gave you didn't really work and everything, but how he pulled it off, I'll never know. But I thought it was one of the most amazing mods I've ever played for AVP2. And uh, so, Wendy, if you're listening, great job, buddy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for that, uh, the Antarctica level for where you played Yachtjump. Because, you know, I was building some of that on my own for the first AVP game, I kind of took that and built it into the Doom 3 engine. And I thought, okay, this can work because, you know, I have familiar with the layout and how things would work. And so I put all that together for Doom 3 and uh, I put it into my game. That's how that worked. Still haven't been able to take out the queen at the end of the level. It's uh, She can take a lot of punishment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get her down or else you can't really continue, unfortunately. But one day I'd like to go back and fix a few things, you know, and maybe get a newer updated version and plus add some more DLC as well to it. Didn't you also end up doing a open pyramid project for Classic as well? I did. I did. And uh, that's kind of, I was kind of at the same time that the OPP project was going on and my project with um, first AVP, you know, where I was making the open pyramid for, for that game as well. That's how that came about. But yes, there are two versions, one for the original AVP and the AVP 2, and now uh, Doom 3. Now, um, so, you know, you, you enjoyed open pyramid project yourself. It's fantastic, yeah. It was a great, great learning experience from, from my point of view because there was just so much involved, you know, with the moving doors and floors and things like that. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a good challenge. Well, has there been any other sort of notable AVP mods by others that you've enjoyed as well? I mean, did you ever play uh, Pro Jam? It was a big AVP2 one that, that retextured a lot of stuff, changed a lot of the, the weaponry. Did you, did you ever play any of the other ones? I can't say I've heard of that one or no, not that one. From AVP2, it was kind of limited because, again, the tools weren't as user-friendly as they could have been. You know, I've seen people try and things like that. I've seen people try to do stuff for Half-Life and things like that, but sometimes uh, they either don't finish it or some kind of... You know, something gets in their way or, or somebody makes a complaint or something. Who knows? All kinds of things can happen. 
that's about it from that, from the Open Pyramid Project. That was, like I said, it was a big project, and it was a wonderful project. What my friend Windebeast did with uh, Under a Hunter's Moon, I recommend it to anybody that hasn't played it. And uh, I definitely, you know, I appreciated working on that. I think Windy also did, I think it was Windy, I'll have to, I'll have to double check this after I've said it, did a mod based on Aliens. Hadley's Hope? Yeah, Hadley's Hope. Um, the, the yeah, he did another one too. I did try that, and it was quite... It was well done as well, but uh, under the hundred moon, yeah, that one, that one really tops it all. That which was also fucking rock solid. <laughs> yeah, a- AVP two had quite the modding community on that one. I think someone's working on like a Hadley's Hope mod now, isn't that right, Aaron? Yeah, uh, I don't think it's. I think it's um, going to be like a standalone game of its own type thing. Uh, let me just bring up the, the thread. It sounds interesting. It's called... Yeah, where is it? Okay. At the minute, it's called Hope for the Future, and it's um, a survival horror game mod slash project with elements of tactic in it that is being developed using the Unity 3D engine. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. And again, I'll include links uh, to this project as well um, for anybody. And it looks like a same sort of thing as what Windy did with that AVP2 AVP2 uh, custom map, where it's about the, the hmm. infestation of, of Hadley's Hope. Which is looking pretty good. Yeah, I'd have to go and revisit that again and play it again, and because uh, it's, kind of, it's not as fresh in my mind as you know the whole experience of what it was. But from what I remember, it was it was, it was quite an, a great, incredible achievement. I can't say more. Have you had a chance to play some of the more recent games like uh, AVP 2010 or Colonial Marines oh, yes. or Isolate? Well, what, what oh, do yes. you think? Aliens Colonial Marines was kind of short because uh, I finished that in four hours. I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, this ain't no two-day game. So, you know, uh, if they'd, you know, taken a different approach or something, used something like Rainbow Six or Ghost Recon, I think, you know, that would have been a little more interesting for the player, you know, with uh, controlling the Marines and everything like that. But, again, uh, I have no say in that. You know, how other, how, let's say, called big corporations of teams of 100 people can't even make a good game. I mean... <laughs> it could have been better. There's a whole load of drama around Colonial Marine. Yeah. <laughs> I still someone, enjoyed it. Someone needs to make a documentary about that one of these days when all I the st- NDAs yeah. expire. No, I still enjoyed it because it was aliens and Marines and all that and you know, from the movies. I enjoyed it for what it was. But when I when I got to the point where aliens started to spit at me and I'm thinking, uh, this is this is this don't feel right. So, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um uh, Alien Isolation. That was a long game. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was just incredibly long. I mean, you got your two days out of that one. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did for sure. But what kind of bothered me was, you know, I couldn't blow up the damn alien. You know, I shoot him in the head and he wouldn't die. I'd have to burn him <laughs> with a torch and everything just to make him go away, just so I can get through the level and everything. So, you know, there was balancing issues, if you will. But I guess that's how the game was made, and that's how that one worked. And But I enjoyed it because it was, a, you know, a sci-fi alien game. I couldn't ask for more, really. But in VR, I'm sure that would have been much more uh, yeah, bigger. Um, tank. Another modder has, has recently put that in, in VR. I did a short little impressions article about it, and it's, yeah, it really puts you right in there. It's it's very immersive. Hmm. I've never tried VR, but I'm sure it's quite an experience. And how about uh, AVP 2010? Did you have some experience with that one? Oh, I, I played the heck out of that game. Um, <laughs> I even bought the extra extra levels that they had to, for the DLC for all that, too. And the only thing that bothered me about that was... Uh, in multiplayer, you had to keep mashing the E button just to get a what do you call it, special kill or something like yeah, that. The trophy kills. Trophy kills or whatever. Yeah, I'm just mashing an E button and saying, you know, th- this is getting old. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the kill it. trains. Yeah, I did enjoy it, you know, and I still have it and everything. But you know, there's nobody online to play multiplayer with, and the single player, you know, it's kind of short as well. And after you played it a few times. You kind of lose interest a little bit, and plus you can't mod the thing anyways, so I really can't do anything with it, you know, which kind of goes back to consoles, you know, console games, you know, it's great for playing movies, you can play games, you can listen to music, but that's about it, you know, for uh, PC games and things like that, at least you can do something with it, you can make, you know, it more colorful, you can make it sound better, so, I mean, that's what modifications are, or mods are, modifications, you know, to make things better, you know, not necessarily, uh, change it to be something completely different but to improve upon it you know and you know extend the life of the game and everything else like that i think that's really what's great about it and because you know games are like simulators so it gives you a better experience if you, you know you can make things better with them instead of just you know going through the hashing through the same old thing 
it's a it's a real shame how dead the the online community for Alien and Predator gaming's got. I mean, there's normally maybe one and a half servers full of people on 2010. Uh, AVP2, you'll be lucky if you get one server with people on. I missed that game. Yeah, me too. Don't get me wrong, I still go on, you know, every every couple of weeks. I mean, I was playing 2010 um, before we did this podcast, like, the one mm. server that had people on it. So I'm I'm glad that this there's still people on it, but it's a far cry from from when the website was started, you know, back in back in the noughties. Tons of servers full of people, you could play tons of them. God, I spent so much of my teen years playing AVP2. <laughs> so much. I think we had a, a bit of a lull after AVP2 as well, right? Didn't we only get Concrete Jungle and then AVP Extinction for a good few years? Yeah, we got... It was Extinction first, but again, that was console, so there was no multiplayer, uh, no modding. That should have been a PC game. Yeah, yeah. That, R- RTS you know, on an console. RTS. I couldn't finish Concrete Jungle. I don't know why. I just couldn't finish it. I struggled with the Alien level. Um, but that was just because I was like, this is supposed to be a fucking standalone game. Let the let Predator... <laughs> oh, I loved it. I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, that bit infuriated me. But overall, I really liked the game. I mean, it was a, a shadow of what it could have been. You know, that that was originally intended to be a GTA-style open-world, non-linear type thing. But it was immensely scaled back. But I still enjoyed it. I still had fun with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there was probably like four, five years gap before we got 2010... Although there was Requiem on the PSP, like the year before, I think. There was Alien Trilogy somewhere in there too, but that was... Oh, tri- tri- trilogy was before the AVPs, I think. I think Trilogy was 97, 96? Was it that long ago? Oh, God, yeah, you know, two of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um, PlayStation 1 or something. Uh, PS1, PC, claim. Sega Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 96, yeah, 96. Yeah. Wow. I heard it didn't work too well on PC, though. Yeah, I heard the same. I, I had it on the Sega Saturn. You know what? I still have that very same Sega Saturn hooked up to my telly now. With, oh, wow. <laughs> with Trilli- and I've got, um, as well as my Xbox One, I've got my Mega Drive with Alien 3 on it. Also hooked up. <laughs> I still like Fantastic. to enjoy them from time to time. But you know what? That's that's perfect segue, actually, because I wanted to ask you about your Alien Trilogy mod. Okay. You know, I love alien trilogy it was it was the first alien game i i got to play i say play i'm not sure i played it um i used to watch my dad play it um because i was too fucking terrified to um to <laughs> to play it for a long time right right, right. but it's, it's one of them ones that's sort of like a special place in my heart kind of thing yeah and you've started making the you know a doom 3 version of it i mean i did it called it blade marine and uh it kind of starts out with that to where you've got a Sidekick. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then it goes to the. I got about four levels built and all that, and then, and then it just got to a point where I like, I I need to take a break. I just got to stop for a minute and just before I get burned out because uh, you know it's very intensively involved, you know, and you know to build all these things and sometimes you know you hurt yourself if you're not mm. careful. But yeah, that's something I did try and start for uh, for Doom Three as well. Is, is making the Alien Trilogy mod under a different name, of course, and uh, see how that went. And just something as I did as an experiment. But it's something that I have on the table, and I go back to it once in a while. Yeah, I'd I'd love to um to see you revisit that one for sure. When that music comes on, that you know the Alien Trilogy theme. That's I love that song. Yeah. I probably listen to that soundtrack like once a week at work. I give it the car test. I put it on an MP3 player and uh, I just crank it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I do hope give that one a go then when you've done it. Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. I'd be glad, be happy to share it. But again, and, um, it's going to take work. Really, the thing overall that I've just enjoyed the most about your mods is being able to. Yeah, explore different sci-fi locations that I, I wouldn't have otherwise been able to. So thanks for that. Are there any current mods that you have in the works that uh, you haven't mentioned yet that you'd like to discuss? Uh, I got to confess, I'd love to see a Pandorum one. Oh, I've always wanted to make Pandorum. Uh, but thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, when I first played Id Tech 5's game Rage, you know, the first thing I thought was a Pandorum mod, you know, because the enemies uh, and, you know, their animations as that would have worked great had the engine not been all messed up, you know, unfortunately, for Tech 5. Perhaps another engine, it would have been possible, but yeah, lots of work for sure, as, you know, water would play an important part, you know, for Pandorum, because 
you know, things underwater and it flooded. But sadly, you know, EdTech 5 wasn't so easy to work with. It was a real mess, actually. Kind of bummed me out. As I, you know, I did have high hopes for it. You know, that also didn't work out. But, you know, live and learn and try what you can if either works or it doesn't. But Pandorum would have been great. I would have liked to make that. You know, there's other things that I have tried. I did try to make 13 ghosts, uh, you know, with the, the jackal and the juggernaut and all that. But I can only go so far with that. Because, you know, you get to the glass house and, uh, you know, what, you try to open a portal of hell and all that. And, you know, and what, the game's over? <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, another work, you know, I, I worked on was the Phantasm movies. You know, where I've, uh, you know, the, what you call it, the sphere ball with the spikes in it and the tall man and all that. And, uh, you know, that came out pretty well. That got received by the public pretty well. That that I enjoyed making. Ellen uh, Trilogy, again, I tried making Blade Runner. You know, Stargate Atlantis I tried. But, you know, again... You know, there are limitations to what you can do as far as a story or, again, you know, copying something that are, are, that's something that already exists. You know, let's say like a game, even a game show. You know, let's copy a game show. Let's do uh, Jeopardy, right? Now, that's done a million times. But you, you kind of get what I'm getting at with that. You know, there's uh, if you're going to choose a project, you know, to make a mod from, you know, it should have, uh, first of all, it should have some, uh, how can I describe this, some appealability. You know, to where it's never been done before, and you know, it makes it interesting. Like that's what I did with um, the Phantasm movies, because you know, no one's ever really made one. So I figured, okay, this would be a good subject to look into, and that's kind of where you know I get going from that. You know, there are certain limitations with certain game engines, but you know, when a project in- interests me, you know, I'll go all out and I'll give it everything I have creative, creatively, and uh, and go from there. You know, so it goes from time to time. Some things interest me, some things don't, some things work, some things do not. Yeah, I'm a big um, horror movie fan, but I've yet to see the Phantasm movies. Have you seen those or 13 Ghosts, Hicks? Uh, I've seen 13 Ghosts, but I'm not familiar with Phantasm. A lot of people aren't, apparently. It's from uh, 1979. It's a good cult movie, and there's been like five other movies made, uh, sequels and things like that. It's quite popular, but I guess it's not for everybody. It kind of has a cult following, I think. From what I understand, yeah, there's, you know, web pages and things like that. And, you know, I've actually met uh, or talked to some of the people that are actually in the cast and you know, that worked on the movie and things like that. And, you know, I have some of them, I have their permission. And so it was wonderful. It was well received. Like even Don Coscarelli said, oh, I was told that he likes my work, too. I said, hey, that's a great compliment. That's all I can ask for. So that's that, I guess. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Steam still offers Vanilla Doom 3. Uh, do you have any plans to uh, port your mods to the recent BFG edition so that it's, it might be a bit more accessible? <clears throat> Doom 3, I believe, is still available on Steam. Uh, as for BFG, well, I think they really messed that one up, mixing id Tech 5, and it's not accessible to mods, not compatible, or just simply doesn't work. However, from what I've been told, my mods do work with the Mac with Doom 3 from time to time. You know, BFG for modding has been a really kind of a disappointment, so I can't recommend BFG over the 2004 Doom 3. But, you know, each to his own, whatever works. But Doom 3 is available on Steam as far as I know, still. But a lot of things are hard to find nowadays because they just simply disappear. They stop making them. Yeah, I know there's there's a lot of older games that I wish they just re-release on PC. You know, Alien Trilogy and AVP 2 being among them. I think it. I know there's some licensing issues with that, but it would be really straightforward to just touch those up a little and re-release them on PC, and I think they would sell very well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree completely. Because they don't make them like they used to. They really don't. I mean, it's because it's, it's console-minded, isn't it? You know, they, it's it's about the multiplayer and getting it on consoles because that's where the money is. There's no there's no interest in, in the modding. No, it's a business, they call it, or something like that. <laughs> Not creative uh, licensing or something like that. Because if you can be creative with your product, you know, then it'll go a lot further. It'll last a lot longer instead of, okay, here's your pet rock. Let it sit there. <laughs> well, I think... Uh... PC gaming has actually been on a bit of a rise as of late. I, I know in the early, you know, 2010s, some people were like, "Oh, is PC <laughs> gaming dead?" But it's it's really been making a comeback as as far as I've seen. Uh, and even with consoles, things like the PS4 Pro and and the Xbox One X being more incremental upgrades, it seems like consoles and and PCs are are kind of becoming closer and closer. And even there's a couple games like. Uh, 
Skyrim and Fallout 4 where you're starting to see those PC-developed mods appear on console. So yeah, hope, hopefully with uh, PC development, some re-engagement there, we'll start to see the modding community grow a bit more. I don't know. You know, it's kind of sad. Is I went to Walmart or whatever store and try to find a PC game of, like, I want to buy the new Mass Effect. Oh, uh, sorry, we don't sell PC games anymore. What? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And uh, so I, I found out I had to download it now. You know, there goes my bandwidth, of course. And uh, I was really disappointed because, you know, I used to go out and get, you know, a hard copy with um, the CD yeah. disc and everything and put it in my library and at least have it and let it collect dust if I wanted to or whatever. And now I can't even buy it in the store anymore. This has kind of got me worried. Just the future, I'm afraid. There's, there's rumors that the next consoles are finally going to be the ones that lack the disc uh, drives. <laughs> PlayStation 10? It'd be X. They call it the X. <laughs> PlayStation Extreme X Ultimate Remastered? Uh, 4,012 or something. I don't know. It's but, getting um, silly. The uh, id Tech 4 just, you know, it seems to really be working for you and your mods. Um, I know you were saying id Tech 5 was, was a bit difficult and 6 uh, was not too modder friendly beyond just the snap maps, but are there any other engines you've been able to to play with like Unreal or or Unity? See, it took for you know it's simple enough that you know I can build almost anything with it, as you know it has most all the elements one would need to make things from. Yet again, you know there are limitations to what I like about it, and you know and it's what I like about it is it has instant feedback in the editor. You know instead of loading up a game just to see if the light you put in is working. You know I've tried other engines, and you know there is a learning curve each you know some can do things that others cannot there isn't one that's a total solution for everything you know for all one's creatives needs uh d3 is a good you know it's good but it could be better of course you know like open world environments it just doesn't have that to where you can you know build miles and miles of land and things like that so you know for something like that that takes a little bit of ingenuity for what i do is i miniaturize everything so i can kind of get away with it in a cutscene or something like that and it'll work sometimes but you know some require heavy programming and others don't have you know stable platforms you know one problem with early early unreal was you know huge file sizes you know one or two gigabytes or a tiny room with one light, you know, that was just absurd. You know, Unity has possibilities, but I didn't. For me personally, I didn't like the lighting, so I really couldn't work with it. You know, it can be frustrating to work with. Well, with me, anyways. Uh, I've stayed with Intech 4 because it works. You know, familiar with it. I, you know, I search for game engines all the time, and you know, games with a good mod tool set. You know, if I do find something I'm comfortable with, I'll spend time with it, and I'll see what can be possible. Yeah, and I definitely think games like Doom 3. Um just the fact that the game was so atmospheric and, and even graphically it really holds up to this day. I've, I've continued to play it and it's probably been one of my favorite shooters, but um, I mean that, that about wraps it up for our questions for you. But before we get to our sign off, is, is there anything else you'd like to add that you haven't been able to put across? Just, I encourage, you know, people to be creative and uh, to enjoy the entertainment that, you know, they can work with and everything, you know, I mean, some people have a talent for drawing. Some people can't even draw a straight line. You know, some people are good at making sounds, you know, music, sound effects, even things like that. But everybody has a talent, you know. I just hope everybody can develop their talents, whether it be for mods or playing games or just being overall creative and, you know, do something, make something instead of just, you know, play a game, put it on the shelf, let it collect dust and stare at four walls, you know. You know, do something and enjoy, you know, being entertained as well as, being creative you know i like to see other people's work what they can do and everything like that i'd love to see you know some aliens and predator mods come out that you know really blow me away that would be fantastic but you know until people put their nose to the grindstone and get things done it's just going to remain up to a few of us that can do it still and hopefully you know the public will accept it and enjoy it and appreciate it because you know like i said it is a lot of hard work and uh sometimes us as artists we don't know what people feel because people don't tell us nothing you know some people don't reply or leave yeah, feedback you know, any kind so of so important you know, yeah it is and uh, we don't get that sometimes and so we don't really know if people like it or even care or, or anything like that so it's disappointing sometimes because we just don't know so if, if anybody you know the community can you know let their artists or authors know you know what they think of their work it really would help a lot yeah i i definitely think critique is is really important in in the world of creativity for sure we'll when when this podcast releases we'll have links so you all can check out uh, John's mods, the ones that are currently available for download, uh, as well as his YouTube channel where he puts up clips of the mods he's he's previously done and, and what he's currently working on. Hicks and I are also looking to get a Let's Play gaming series started here soon, so I'm, I'm sure 
that these will probably be on the table for us. Well, guys, this was wonderful. I had a great time. Yeah, and thanks again so much for for coming on, John. I really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully, Sega will will give us some more games one of these days. And with modding support. Sega, modding support. With modding support, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Give us all something to work with. That would be much appreciated. But yeah, be sure to check us out on our social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And John, do you want to let people know where they can find your stuff? Uh, some of it you can find it on ModDB, which is Mod Database, uh, M-O-D-D-B.com. I have a channel there called Blade Ghost or Scythe Wraith. Just you know, Google any of those two names and you'll probably find my stuff. And then I got a bunch of videos on YouTube, and that's about it. All right. Well, um, I think that's about it. So from all of us, this is Ridgetop. This is Corporal Hicks. And this is uh, Johnny Van. Signing off.